0: This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: This is a flirty interaction, just so we're clear.
0: Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris.
1: I'm Stacey Kulo and we're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows.
0: And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows.
1: So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go.
0: And this week we watched season four, episode two of both shows, starting with Buffy the Vampire Slayer's living conditions.
1: As well as Gilmore Girls, the Lorelai's first day at Yale. This is another tough one to decide. I still don't really know.
0: I think I know. We'll find out at the end of this.
1: Yeah, as always. Yeah. Nothing new here.
0: Yeah, when one's not standing out as, like, clearly amazing, it's hard to choose sometimes.
1: Yeah. Neither of these were great again?
0: Yeah, but the wine was good this time.
1: Yeah? You liked this one?
0: I did. I liked it a lot. What was it called? It was 2020 Alma Libre from uh, Chile. So you guys probably remember we're doing a partnership with Wink.
1: Yeah, Wink is an online wine company where you take a quiz to find out what your palate prefers and they recommend wines for you based on the results of the quiz. And through our partnership with them, you can get four bottles of wine for $29.95 plus free shipping, sent right to your door, tailored for your mouth. It's been going great for us so far. Easiest way to take advantage of that promotion is to click right on the link in the episode descriptions or in our social media bios.
0: I'll be honest with you. I could read the description of the wine, but I don't know anything about wines other than I like it or I did not, and I liked this one a lot.
1: Yeah, this was the Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. We'd had a different grape before, same Alma Libre, but I don't think we liked that one as much. But that's just our mouths. Maybe you got fancier mouths. Yeah. We have the same mouth, apparently.
0: Stacy and I have the exact same mouth.
1: We generally agree. I think sometimes one of us likes it a little more than the other.
0: It's been a big week for us. We had our first live streaming watch party.
1: Yeah, and our first YouTube copyright violation. <laughs> yep. It was great. We had a great time. We streamed uh, an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Halloween episode, because it's October, and a bunch of people came, chatted with us as we watched. Apparently, you could see the reflection of the TV in the picture behind us, which we didn't intentionally do. That's not why we had the copyright. It's because we were playing at a very low volume, which apparently the YouTube bots could still hear, and like we got flagged. Because, you know, watching a poorly reflected episode of Buffy with the sound barely audible and us talking through most of it is like a way someone's going to try to watch that episode of Buffy without paying for it.
0: That's the preferred way to watch it.
1: To be clear, the watch party went off without a hitch. It wasn't flagged until the next day. We got it all straightened out. Right. We won the copyright dispute, so if you want to join us for the live watch party next month, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Stacy and sign up for the watch party tier. And of course, that's Brian with a Y, Stacey with an EY, but it's also linked in the episode description. Real quick, if you have Twitter and TikTok and aren't already following us at Gilmore Slayer, I recommend following us just because Facebook and Instagram keep going down. And I'm just a little scared one of these times it'll be forever. And if that's the way you connect with us, I recommend having a backup way. Yeah. It's been a little weird. It went down for like six hours one day and then it went down for like not that long the other day. But I'm like, is this going to keep happening? I got people to send things to.
0: Also, our TikToks are fun. We do one for just every single episode of Buffy.
1: We do post them on Instagram and stuff. But if Instagram doesn't exist, right, you got to see them a different way.
0: In other news, our neighbors are crazy again. Uh, Our one neighbor with a dog that constantly barks is barking. So if you can hear that, I'm sorry. We tried to shut all the windows and doors so you can't, but you might still be able to pick it up. And also, our other neighbor, if you remember from several podcasts ago, who makes jingles and will play the same repeated jingle over and over and over and over again for months until he perfects it. He stopped for a while. Probably like three months, four months? We didn't hear anything? Yeah. And now he's back. Back at it. I don't know why you need to blast that music to write a jingle, but apparently that's the only way.
1: I'm just going to blast the podcast when I edit it. Can we get some big speakers?
0: Honestly, I would love that. I would love to do it right outside his window. It would
1: be so annoying just hearing the same clips of dialogue over and over again.
0: Yeah, I, 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 oh my god. Living in New York is something else, isn't it?
1: Something else. We recommend.
0: Last update for me, as I've been playing a lot of Back for Blood, so if you've got that game and you want to play with me, I want to play with you.
1: Last time I asked if you wanted people to know your gaming handle, and you said no.
0: No, well, no, I. It's true. I DM us, and maybe I'll play with you. We'll
1: send you a quiz, see what your mouth is like.
0: Yeah, I'm big on making sure your mouth's the same as mine.
1: It's the most important thing.
0: Okay, all that being said, it's time to jump into episodes. We started with Buffy this week. Stacy, can you tell us what happened on Living Conditions?
1: So this episode answers my question from last week, which is why didn't Buffy and Willow just live together? And the answer is so they could use Buffy's roommate situation for a monster of the week opportunity. Right? Yeah. That's what happens. Yep. Buffy's roommate's a monster, literally. And, you know, in the normal sense. I mean, this
0: maps on pretty hard too, like the themes in Buffy season one, especially, but also season two, taking something and like making it supernatural, but it's more of an allegory.
1: Yeah, they haven't done that as much like with season three, but I feel like that used to be a big thing. Like cheerleading auditions are rough because people can spontaneously combust. Yeah. (laughs) But also there's like cheerleading drama where this is sort of like a very normal thing people deal with when they go to college, but it's a literal demon. Yeah. Is there going to be more of that in season four? Uh, Maybe. We'll see with a new like setting i could see them finding other ways to do that mhm so it opens with a really weird previously on like they just start showing clips from episode 1 and then after like 10 seconds giles shows up and is like previously on well, not shows up his voice does it's a weird recap, too, because they show us Riley and Professor Walsh and a lot of stuff that isn't actually part of this episode. Yeah. So Okay, cool. We we watched the first one.
0: Remember these characters. Well, will remember them for next week, please.
1: Gilmore Girls weirdly does a recap, too, which they don't normally do. Yeah. But those clips made a little more sense, I think.
0: And it was done by Giles, which is very confusing. I know. Previously on Gilmore Girls. I like coffee.
1: <laughs> is that your summary of Gilmore Girls? Yeah. Let's get into it. Buffy is not getting along with her roommate, Kathy. She's been playing Shares Believe on repeat, like, constantly. She's ironing. Again, on a full-size ironing board, I want to point out how big this dorm room is. Yeah. If I had a full-size ironing board in my dorm room, I would have had to sleep on it. That's funny. (laughs) Like, there technically probably was room to set one up, but it would have filled the remaining floor space. Yeah. Like, we all lofted our beds just to increase the floor space. Otherwise, the dorm rooms are about the width of three twin beds where I went to school.
0: I mean, this dorm room is bigger than our actual bedroom.
1: Yeah. It's probably as big as our whole apartment.
0: We live in New York.
1: They could easily fit like six more beds in this room. Yeah. That tiny ironing board I have, I got that in college. I definitely use it about as often then as I do now, which is maybe twice.
0: Yeah, you rarely sleep on it now.
1: (laughs) I don't, we don't have a lot of stuff to iron. We're wrinkly people.
0: We are wrinkly people, honestly.
1: Buffy's going out to sleigh, but she tells Kathy she's going out for coffee. Kathy tries to caffeine shame her for drinking coffee so late. Yeah, what is this shit? Isn't that going to keep
0: you up all night? You'll be tired. Like, who, get off her back.
1: She also doesn't love that she's going to be, like, coming in and out in the middle of the night. I I guess that's fair, but you got to make some compromises. She's annoyed with Buffy for using some of her milk. That's fair. Like, Buffy maybe should have asked.
0: She's being super passive aggressive. Like, she's always like, oh, it doesn't bother me. Oh, no, it's fine, but it's not fine.
1: She's got this whole phone note system she wants to implement. I'm fine with that. That would just not be an issue now, though. Right. It's so funny. Like, they would have their own cell phones. My dorm had a landline. But we also like had cell phones. I didn't have a smartphone, obviously, but it was like I had a phone, but it was like a minutes issue. Like I could call my boyfriend, but I only had like 15 minutes every month. Mm -hmm. He would call me because he had more minutes. He would call me on my landline because then I wasn't using my cell phone minutes. Right. But like, I guess you could call other dorms for free, like any local call. Like, later, Buffy's on the phone with Willow, and Kathy's being a lot about it, and it's like, Willow lives, like, three feet away. There's no way this call costs money. Like, maybe if she were to call her mom, it would be a different area code, but, like, within an area code, it would be free.
0: I don't remember how phones work I remember 800 numbers were a thing I don't know if local calls were free
1: as a child my landline if it was the same area code and the next three numbers if those were the same it was free if you were to call like the next town over that had a different next three numbers that cost a little bit of money and then if you called like a different area code that was even more money
0: do you know that yeah. Okay. Because
1: I, I knew I could call my grandma and that was free.
0: Like you knew it was free or like your mom didn't care because it was so inconsequential how much it cost? I
1: either knew it was free or my mom lied to me about it being free.
0: When your mom lies about the price of things a lot, that's sort of her thing. <laughs> no,
1: this is gaslighting.
0: <laughs> Listen, honey.
1: But like to call my friend Amanda, <laughs> who lived in the same area code but in a different town with a different next three numbers, that costs like five cents a minute or whatever. This is riveting. Thank you. Let us know about your phone bills.
0: Please don't. <laughs>
1: So Buffy goes out. Willow's with her. She's complaining about Kathy. Turns out Willow doesn't love her roommate either, which she doesn't really get into here. Again, I'm screaming. Just live together. Switch rooms, guys. Why are we not living together? Willow's chewing gum, I guess to establish that gum is a thing in this reality.
0: She's chewing like super obviously.
1: Gum will be very important later. So I think they just wanted to establish gum as a concept. Willow leaves Buffy, and speaking of wrinkles, there's some wrinkly, glowing green eyed demons peeping at Buffy through the bushes. Buffy's walking alone now, she hears some sounds. How far is this coffee shop? Is there not one just on campus?
0: Yeah, also, like, did she just meet Willow on the way? Did she run into Willow? She just
1: planned to meet Willow for, like, a quick three-second gum chat?
0: But Kathy, like, finds her, so that's why I'm confused about the Willow situation. Yeah, if like, she went straight to the coffee, then she never would have run into Willow, and that's the only way Kathy would have found her. How
1: long has Kathy been chasing her? I mean, Kathy, like, ran. I guess
0: Kathy's a demon. Maybe she can, like, smell her or some shit.
1: Yeah. The sounds Buffy heard were just Kathy. She decided she'd love some decaf coffee. Great. Buffy loves that Kathy followed her. Then Buffy hears one of the peeping demons and quick shoves Kathy into some bushes so that she can fight it without revealing her identity to Kathy.
0: Can we talk about how dumb this like little interaction is real quick? So like I get that Buffy's trying to protect her own identity and stuff, but there's, there's just some stuff about this that doesn't add up. Like for one, she pushes Kathy down. How long is Kathy like on the ground, disoriented, unable to like see what's going on? Like At least 10 seconds. One second? I would look back to see what happened immediately.
1: You mean she would be one second? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, like, Buffy has time to, like, fight a peeper demon. Secondly, I understand that Buffy's trying to hide her own identity. I get that. But there's something weird about, like, hiding the supernatural from people, because it's like, I can't let people know that supernatural's real. It's like, actually, maybe you should, because people should become aware of that so that they can protect themselves.
1: Right, if it's going to be a problem on campus.
0: If Spider-Man was like, i got to keep my identity secret, okay. But, like, you're not trying to keep the Green Goblin secret.
1: Right, if he's out there trying to get people.
0: Yeah, they should know. Hey, like, be careful if you see something flying in the sky, it's not good. If you see a guy with peepers and a hood, it's not good.
1: Peepers is what my cousin used to call his penis when he was a baby, so maybe we should stop saying peepers. Well, I don't know that everyone
0: else's cousins. My mom Benner. told me that. That's <laughs> one. Your mom likes to lie.
1: The demons get away. Kathy's red sweatshirt is just destroyed, but somehow her white pants stayed pristine. She falls on her stomach, but not on her knees. How does her pants stay clean?
0: How she falls makes no sense. I've never fallen on my abdomen. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not how I break my falls. No.
1: As Buffy and Kathy walk back home, two of the demons are lurking, discussing in their own language that she may be the one, but they have to be sure, and they're going to follow her. They don't say whether they mean Kathy or Buffy, though.
0: Yeah, it's funny. On a rewatch, to me, not even remembering who they were, I'm like, oh, they're talking about Kathy, because it could go either way, so it's the way we don't expect.
1: Actually, if you rewatch it, they point on the side that Kathy was on, (laughs) pretty obviously. But, I mean, you wouldn't connect that the first time. Right. And then we get to meet Giles Courtyard. He's got this cute little outdoor space outside his place. I feel like this is maybe a location we'll see more of. How does he have money for this place? He doesn't have a job. He had two jobs before.
0: It's true. That is true.
1: Giles is just getting back from a run, and Buffy's just, like, going through his mail. Now that their relationship is less defined, she's really overstepping her bounds. Yeah. Breaking into his house, reading his mail, commenting on his personal life. You can tell he doesn't love that, actually. She tells Giles about the demon. He's going to look into it. Buffy starts asking him what his plans are for the day. He's like, what are you talking about? You never asked me that. And Buffy reveals that she's just looking for something to do to avoid Kathy. She's like, maybe it's just me having a bitch attack. One of the two obligatory bitch dumps, sorry, <laughs> bitch drops that season four apparently requires in every episode.
0: I want to make it clear that you you said bitch dumps, <laughs> which is just so funny, a phrase. <laughs> it's my obligatory bitch dump.
1: <laughs> the other one's coming. Giles is like, I don't know. Just deal with her. Mmm, girl shit. (laughs) That
0: sounds so like Giles. (laughs) Mmm, girl shit.
1: He's pretty loosey-goosey now. What's about tea? Buffy's like, you're right. I'll try. Meanwhile, Kathy can't get her sweater clean, so she helps herself to one of Buffy's. No, we don't do that without asking. Like, I'd argue Buffy should have asked about the milk, but she only took, like, coffee's worth of milk. You can't just take a sweater. Yeah. If you're, like, friends, but they're not.
0: No, they barely know each other.
1: I was, like, friendly with all the girls I live with, and I wouldn't like if they took a sweater without asking.
0: To be fair, though, we know later that Kathy doesn't have a soul, so she's, like, not a good person. Right. Or a person.
1: Kathy's maybe not, like, the worst roommate, but I'd argue she's doing way more annoying things than Buffy is in this episode. Yeah. Later that day, we're in line in the cafeteria. Buffy sees Kathy and obviously is trying to avoid her. And the guy behind her in line, Parker Abrams... Parker... Notices this, and he tries to teach her all about how to steal stuff from the cafeteria to eat later. What a wise old sophomore he is. They don't say how old he is, but we know he's not a freshman. And if he's eating in the cafeteria and living in a dorm, I'm guessing he's not a senior? Maybe he's just a demon who's been going to the school forever and has really perfected the art of eating in the cafeteria. I don't know. Seems like a cool dude. This is a flirty interaction, just so we're clear. Buffy's hoping this won't be her last interaction with Parker Abrams.
0: Yeah, it's a nice meet-cute. And you were like super thinking that she was going to date Riley. I'm almost seems like positive I've seen
1: on the internet that she does date Riley. Mm,
0: I think you're going to be surprised. Okay. And here's Parker, who seems like way better a match for her.
1: I know nothing of Parker, but maybe they showed Riley in the previous Lion to make us confused. She goes to sit with her friends. Xander's there for some reason. The reason, I think, is because he's hungry and having money troubles and is mooching off his friend's cafeteria situation. I don't think he would have been able to get into the cafeteria at my school or my college boyfriend's school. There's always some kind of, like, station where you had to swipe a card to get food or to exit. Right. I guess he could have, like, come in the way you exit.
0: I mean, I think it's possible you could sneak in. Yeah,
1: I mean, this cafeteria situation in general, I think, is operated by other college students. It's not like the National Guard is keeping tabs on who's in the cafeteria.
0: Although Gilmore Girls would have you believe otherwise. We'll get to that later. Oh,
1: I have no idea what that's about. Anyway, she mentions her slight demon problem. No one's too concerned. And then the real demon, Kathy, shows up. It's funny because, spoilers, she is the real demon. But also, Buffy is way more concerned with the Kathy problem than the demons she's fighting. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of a running bit. Kathy just kind of helps herself to the group. And Buffy notices that she's wearing her sweater. I get it if she, like, wore it to a class or a party and then, like, put it away before Buffy noticed, but she's just, like, openly wearing it in front of her. That's super weird.
0: Yeah, and then drips ketchup on it.
1: Yeah, just gets burger sauce all over it immediately.
0: I like this running bit throughout the episode of the, like, slow down, dramatic, like, zoom in on, like, things happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool.
0: And, like, Buffy's angry squints. I like that.
1: This ketchup is the last straw. Buffy's no longer going to be hiding her disdain for Kathy. She's on the phone with Willow later that night. She pops in some gum. Remember gum? Set that up earlier. She's just having some night gum, you know? Yeah, she's going to bed in like two minutes.
0: Is she gonna like chew some gum, then go brush her teeth and go to sleep?
1: I don't think she does brush her teeth. She just goes to bed. Maybe she doesn't brush her teeth. Fan theory. It's funny because Willow's just nicely listening to Buffy while her roommate is having, like, a ranger behind her. Like, <laughs> yeah. Willow gets hit in the head with a ball or a frisbee or something. Buffy says nothing. She's just talking. Doesn't notice Willow's also going through some stuff.
0: Yeah, that's a funny running bit that she's, like, downplaying. Like, yeah, you know, I'm having some roommate trouble. <laughs> yeah.
1: Kathy comes back from the bathroom. Buffy hangs up. Kathy's like, don't forget to lock those calls. Like I said, this call was certainly free if my mom was telling the truth. Kathy has labeled everything in the fridge very passive-aggressively. Kathy likes the window closed, Buffy likes it open, and then Kathy starts flossing. How dare she? Everything Kathy does is super annoying. I get it, but this is the one thing I think Buffy overreacts about. The weirdest part to me is it doesn't look like she breaks the floss off. She just, like, keeps it in the box and holds the end of the box. But I don't know that it's that weird that she's flossing in the bed. I mean, it's not
0: annoying. Like, it's her bed, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, do your thing.
1: Is it, like, because she's going to get food everywhere? I don't I don't know. Like, it's, it's not like she's pooping.
0: When we started dating, I noticed that you floss wherever in the house. And I always thought that was weird. Not weird like it bothers me. It doesn't. Not weird like that's wrong. But just like, huh, I don't know anyone else that does that.
1: You haven't lived with that many other people. Also, you don't really floss.
0: I floss a little bit once in a blue moon.
1: Yeah, you floss more now. In the
0: bathroom.
1: No, you floss. We have table floss that we both partake in after dinner.
0: Listen, once you floss at the table, it becomes a thing, all right? It's just convenient.
1: He tries to one-up me. He tries to floss harder.
0: I try to floss harder.
1: Our mouths are bleeding.
0: Everywhere.
1: But Buffy's bedtime dental routine is chewing gum, swallow, or stick somewhere. Good night. She doesn't have the right to give Kathy shit for having proper dental hygiene. <laughs> Kathy goes to pick up her book from her side of the nightstand, and there's gum under it. Buffy clearly did this. Like this is weird though. Does Buffy just regularly leave gum on the nightstand, or did she do this on purpose?
0: It's insane because it's on the other side.
1: Yeah, if it was an accident, like. She just sets her gum on the nightstand. That's what she does. Why was it on Kathy's side?
0: But then also, Kathy doesn't notice there's gum there before she puts her book down. It looks like a ton of gum.
1: Right. Unless Buffy, like, set it up with the book as, like, a trap. But that seems, like, very evil. Yeah. I I don't know.
0: And then she tries to hide it by swallowing her gum, so it makes it kind of seem like she didn't mean to do it.
1: Right, but she also has this attitude, like, I don't know who it was. Could have been me.
0: But you know how night gum is. You know, you're chewing it, you fall asleep, you snore, you pop it out. It can go anywhere.
1: They both go to sleep. Buffy has a nightmare. The demon is there doing some kind of ritual to her involving scorpions pouring blood down her throat and it's like maybe sucking out her soul. She wakes up the next morning. Kathy looks over at her and says, do you always make that noise when you sleep? Shut up, Kathy. You make all the noises when you sleep. <laughs> Later that day, Buffy, Willow, and Oz and Giles are sitting in some kind of lobby on campus and she's telling him about the dream. Still way more concerned about how Kathy was annoying after the dream than the actual dream. Right. Kathy pops up. Doesn't she get that Buffy hates her? Right. Like, she seems to also hate Buffy. So I don't know why she keeps seeking her out and trying to hang out with her friends.
0: I think she's, like, doing this to goad Buffy. I think it's an intentional demon thing.
1: Why would Buffy being pissed off help her? She could just, like, she passively She probably revels in,
0: the, in hurting Buffy emotionally. Yeah. Like, she probably takes joy in doing evil things.
1: I'm just, like, confused about how some of the stuff plays out. So she overhears that Giles can interpret dreams. Will is like, this is Giles. He's our grown-up friend. That's funny. Yeah. Kathy doesn't question what that means. And then Kathy tells Giles that she had this really weird dream last night. It sounds a lot like Buffy's dream. So is she, like, fully aware of what Buffy's dream is and is just, like, pretending she had the same dream? Because they show Kathy waking up from a dream later, and she seems, like, legit kind of disturbed. Yeah. I'm a little confused the logic of what Kathy's experiencing here.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she could have been just acting, though, too. Yeah. Putting on a show for Buffy. Like, oh, something weird's happening to me.
1: Yeah. Well, Giles chooses to interpret this, that they're having the same dream and determines that maybe the demon from the woods did something to both of them that night. Buffy goes to class and everybody's super concerned about how, forgive me, but bitchy Buffy is being about Kathy.
0: You know, sometimes you have a bitch attack, Mm -hmm. as Buffy
1: says. They're all going to kind of keep an eye on Buffy's mental health as a group. Meanwhile, the demons are having a little campfire. They were right. She is the one. And they're going to summon the great one, tap a reach, and uh, then they chant a little bit. Classic campfire stuff. Mm-hmm. Buffy comes home after class, shares blasting, and who's chatting up Kathy on her bed but Parker Abrams. Do we drop his last name? Should we call him Parker Abrams or just Parker? Just call him Parker.
0: Yeah. We're going to be saying his name a bunch.
1: Okay. He came over to bring Buffy some plastic bags so she can properly steal cafeteria food and ended up staying for some Kathy time. Now it's really on. You're trying to steal her man, Kathy? Parker leaves. Buffy padlocks her closet. Kathy flosses so hard. They still can't agree about the window. Buffy tries to prove a point by slamming Kathy's entire carton of milk. Is this like a sexy meme? There's no way this hasn't been sexualized.
0: Oh, man. It's two things I can't have. Milk or Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs>
1: I just, I mean, this is definitely, like, some some imagery that people have realized, I imagine. Sure. Just milk slopping down her face.
0: I mean, you're the one that's doing this right now.
1: (laughs) I can't be the only one.
0: You don't need to paint a word picture.
1: You guys know what I'm talking about. Willow's busy with a paper, so Oz volunteers to keep an eye on Buffy. On his way to find her, he exchanges a meaningful glance with a small blonde woman in a leather jacket, almost like they know each other. Weird, right? Yeah. She's walking with a couple other guys, and then some of those armed ninja people walk by. More on that sometime. Sometime. Buffy's telling Oz about how she sure showed Kathy, and she, like, pantomimes punching. And he's like, so did you hit her, or do your wacky mime routine? And she's like neither, but she deserved it. He's like nobody deserves mine, Buffy.
0: That was really funny and super deadpan. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it a lot.
1: I asked you this but like, do you think Oz is intentionally a funny man? Like I know he's written funny, but do you think Oz makes jokes? I do think Oz makes jokes.
0: I don't think he's a robot. I think that's just an affectation he has. He
1: just like doesn't smile or laugh. So right, it's like, are you trying to be funny? Or are you just naturally funny and don't realize it?
0: No, I think he realizes it. I think he's super smart. Mm-hmm. If you remember, like Willow, like kind of calls him out on how he's not showing any emotion, and he like makes it clear that he has emotion. He's just a Vulcan, I guess.
1: Right? Yeah. Bubby's like, "What's the deal, Oz? You never come on patrol with me." He doesn't really say why, but she's mad about Kathy, so she just kicks a bench in half. Later that night, Kathy is clipping her toenails. Buffy's tapping her pencil so hard it breaks. Kathy pops share back on and eats a late-night hard-boiled egg. Their neighbors must be so annoyed with the share. It's loud.
0: Yeah, it's so loud. I hate my neighbors, so I can only imagine.
1: Yeah. Buffy decides she's gonna sleep through share. She has another nightmare. This time, there's bloody symbols written all over her body. More scorpions, more soul-sucking. Kathy seems to have had the dream again, too. She seems to not have peaceful sleep. Willow's trying to mediate with Kathy, and Buffy notices this and starts acting all paranoid. She informs Willow that she's decided Kathy is evil, and the only logical thing for her to do is kill her. Mm -hmm. She's collected her toenails and measured them like a weirdo. Apparently, they grew, and this means she's a demon. It's funny because she was giving Kathy shit earlier for measuring her pencils. Yeah. Like, did Buffy suspect she was a demon? That seems like a crazy thing to do. And I also don't buy that Buffy would know this about demons.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of crazy things here, but... I mean, maybe
1: she watched Angel clip his toenails. Yeah.
0: You have to think that, like, maybe she has some sort of intuition about demons just because of being a slayer. Like, she's, like, just tapped into that a little bit more. Yeah. It's true that Angel, like, fooled her for a while, but she's only getting stronger as the series goes on.
1: Oh, really? You think?
0: Yeah, as she trains.
1: Yeah, and I guess, like, wiser, too. Yeah. Yeah. Buffy's going to go talk to Giles. Willow thinks Buffy's lost her mind, so she calls Giles to give him a heads up. Says that Buffy's homicidal maniac crazy, not bitchy crazy. There's bitch number two. We're in college now. We're dropping B words. This gives Giles just enough time to set up a net trap for Buffy. (laughs) She's just got a net, I guess. Giles, Oz, and Xander are waiting at Giles' house. They catch her in the net. They tie her up. I don't
0: buy that, by the way. I don't buy it that they have the ability to tie her up.
1: Well, they don't.
0: Right, I know what you mean, but like, there's no way she would be able to overpower all three of them.
1: She is in the net. Three dudes, net, one Buffy, I don't know.
0: Is this another video that you have an an idea for?
1: No, this is all you making One
0: net, three dudes, gallon of milk, (laughs) dot com. They tie
1: her up, but Xander's just like wrapping a rope around a little nub Giles has slaying around. I don't know, it didn't look good, and we'll find out it wasn't. Buffy rants to them about the toenails and tells them Kathy irons her jeans, so she's obviously evil. But you don't need to iron jeans. That's fair. Giles thinks he can fix all this with a spell. He's going to go get some supplies and leave Xander and Oz to watch her.
0: Well, he thinks that she's been possessed. Yeah. So he's going to, like, take the demon out of her.
1: Yes. Buffy's pissed that nobody believes her that Kathy's bad. They realize they should probably check and see if her ropes are tight enough, and of course they're not. Buffy's already undid them. She knocks out Oz and Xander and goes to confront Kathy. She gets there, she messes Kathy's rug up a little bit, which we've established Kathy likes down, as anyone would like a rug the proper way. Correct. And then Kathy just smacks her. Buffy somehow has the instinct to rip Kathy's face off, revealing that she is in fact one of these wrinkly green-eyed demons.
0: This is the second time, lucky for Buffy, one of the people that she fights is a demon or robot.
1: (laughs) What's the other one?
0: I said or robot. So... So Ted.
1: Oh... I mean, if she tried to rip off a human's face, it just, it wouldn't rip off. <laughs> it would just be like, what are you doing? i go right. in my face. Meanwhile, her fellow demons have successfully summoned Top of Reach- Bobby's like, I knew you were a demon. Kathy's like, shut up. Let me finish my ritual. Meanwhile, Giles is reading about said ritual. This is kind of cool. It, like, intercuts between their fight and Giles, like, explaining what's happening.
0: The toenails are getting larger.
1: Yeah. Apparently, they're a race of trans-dimensional demons, and Kathy left her dimension to go to college? Yeah. What? What Did she get accepted? Did she just leave? What? Do,
0: Why does she want to go to college? She's, like, thousands of years old.
1: Do other demons leave their dimensions to go buy a car? Like, what? what is, <laughs> <laughs> What are their options?
0: I feel bad for those demons that left their dimensions just to go to technical school.
1: (laughs) Apparently, her people, though, don't love that she's gone to college, so they sent people after her.
0: They probably had the same questions. They're like, what? You're going to—no, you're not going to college.
1: (laughs) And even though she's taken on a human form, they can recognize her due to her lack of soul. So she's borrowing Buffy so that when they show up tonight, they'll take Buffy instead of her. Buffy's just still so much more relieved that she won't have to live with Kathy than she is concerned with the demons roaming around.
0: They also use this whole thing to justify why Buffy's being, like, a little crazy because she's been losing her soul this whole episode.
1: Yeah. So they fight. Good thing they've got all this extra floor space. Their fight's kind of fun because they're using a lot of the stuff that they referenced in their tiffs throughout the episode. Pencils, Buffy's sweater, the window. Oz and Xander are waking up after Buffy knocked him out. Willow and Giles are there. They're going to do a spell immediately to reverse the soul transfer. I mean, Giles does it. Willow just kind of waves a stick over a candle.
0: She's a powerful witch.
1: They keep saying that. Apparently, Kathy can't just suck the whole soul at once. She's got to be paid in installments. She's trying to get Buffy to open up so she can finish sucking it before her demon pals arrive. But right as Kathy starts to suck her soul out, Giles finishes the reversal spell. The demons immediately show up, and Buffy has her soul back, so they know that it has to be Kathy. Also, I mean, at this point, her face is peeled off, so, like, unless their glowing eyes don't actually work, it should be pretty obvious who their kind
0: is. I mean, maybe their eyes don't work in our dimension, that's possible. Yeah. You know, like, they see, like, the predator or something.
1: Maybe. Maybe. This dude insists she's got to go home. She's all upset that they're treating her like a 900-year-old when she's 3,000. He opens up a portal on the floor that looks way better than anything in the season 3 finale. Yeah. (laughs) And she just gets, like, sucked back into her dimension. He goes too. As it should have been from the beginning, Buffy and Willow move in together. Willow replaces Kathy's Celine Dion poster with an Oz's band poster. They agree that maybe Buffy was being a lot and that Kathy's probably otherwise a pretty standard annoying roommate aside from all the demon stuff. Buffy's chomping on a pea beach and then Willow takes a huge bite of it after only kind of asking and Buffy is triggered. (laughs) Cut to black.
0: Yeah, she kills Willow in the next episode.
1: (laughs) I still think they should have lived together from the beginning possible we couldn't do that i think there maybe was like a waiting period before you could just like switch roommates if you hated your roommate immediately i remember a lot of people switching roommates at some point
0: not everyone has a geller father that can just make things happen yeah except sarah i guess maybe does (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's funny i do think i could have picked a roommate to begin with though i guess i don't remember it's weird because they want us to believe that buffy was being a bitch because of the lack of soul and you could view it like she was acting bitchy but she was also right yeah so I'm, like, confused by that because everything she's saying is correct. She's not overreacting.
0: I mean, she is overreacting because the stuff that was bothering her wasn't so much the dreams. Like, she definitely told Giles about that. But she was focusing on the, like, minutiae of living with somebody.
1: Right. But And that could have just annoyed her for real, though, too.
0: I mean, she was going to kill her.
1: After she realized the toenails. Sure. And then they didn't believe her because she had been being kind of a bitch.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: I wonder if Kathy is like a really annoying demon too. I mean, they really wanted her back, but like, did they?
0: <laughs> These dudes
1: were like, Okay, I guess we'll go get her.
0: Maybe she tortures people in that reality by being their roommate. And yeah. They need her for that.
1: Blast share.
0: Maybe Angel spent a hundred years with her. <laughs> That'd be
1: fun. That's a missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, I would love it if we found that out eventually.
1: I also think there's a missed opportunity with the window thing. Mm-hmm. Kathy always wants it closed because she's cold. I think that'd be cool if, like, her kind, like, ran cold, and that would be, like, a justification, because that was, like, the tiff they focused on the most.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. You said they ran cold. They don't like cold?
1: Right. Like, their their body temperature, they tend to be cold, and they like it when it's warmer.
0: Oh, so they're, like, cold-blooded.
1: Yeah. I see. I don't know. That would have been an interesting clue. Mm-hmm. So what did you think? Do you think it's a good episode?
0: Um, I don't think it was a great episode, but I think it did have some fun stuff. I really liked the mapping on of, like, your roommate from hell actually is from hell. I liked the, like, scenes where Buffy would get mad and, like, we'd see her eyes squint and we'd hear the music. And it would be, like, all echoey and stuff. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. But there were some dumb things in it. Like, the gum was so stupid and so, like, why is Willow chewing gum right now? It's just so obvious that we want to remember this for some reason. So it, it definitely has a bunch of flaws but, I don't know, I still liked it. I wouldn't say this is, like, a bad episode of Buffy, but i also not going to put it, like, on the good list, really.
1: Right. It eh, has some funny stuff. For me, it was, like, Kathy was very annoying to watch. And I know she was, like, the demon. Right. So it, it was justified that she's, like, bad and annoying. But it's also just, like, it's not really fun to, like, watch this annoying character you said that but that didn't b- I it's not like
0: we're hearing that song a million times day and night like we're just getting like little bits of it like that didn't bother me I wasn't annoyed by Kathy and I kind of enjoyed seeing the things she was doing that were bothering Buffy I was actually interested that that bothered you hmm.
1: I liked that song when it came out but I, I did actually find it kind of annoying in that scene because it was like there's not usually music with lyrics like blasting over dialogue in a, right. in a TV show so it was like hard to focus so that was I guess well done I mean, I, I guess it's justified with her being a demon, but I was like, yeah, this girl sucks. Move out, Buffy. <laughs> yeah.
0: But also, this episode got to introduce
1: us to Parker. Right, who I'm sure is a very important character. He is.
0: Now it sounds like I'm lying to you, but it, he is an important character in the show. I think this, this season is going to be interesting relationship wise. You know, on Gilmore Girls, there was like sort of different teams Team Dean, Team Jess. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, team TBD. Uh, Team Riley, Team, what's his name? Parker A- Parker Abrams?
0: His name is Parker Abrams, and he only goes by his full name every episode. Team Spike? I don't think that's...
1: Team Giles?
0: <laughs> Bobby was asking about his life. You Juffy fans out there, I'm <laughs> really excited for it. I remember seeing somebody in a Buffy group was like, was anyone else like really wanting them to get together? I was like, ah, uh, no, that didn't cross my mind.
1: I mean, maybe early on I could see a case for it, but I feel like it, it would be weird now. They got too father-to-daughtery at some point. I mean, oh, sure, okay. I said it early on, because they both have like very complicated lives that only they understand.
0: Totally. And the truth is, if we're being totally honest, it's like, oh, the age different. Yeah, but also Angel's yeah. much older than Giles. Right. She is way closer in age to Giles than Angel. So I would say it wasn't a great episode, but it had some fun moments.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. I maybe liked it more than last week's, I think.
0: I feel like this is one of the few Buffy episodes with like no vampires whatsoever. Kathy, by the way, was one of the characters in the Buffy board game, which is one of the reasons we can't play it yet. Oh. Still two more.
1: Is she gone? Can I look up the actress? Because I, I feel like she looks older. Yeah,
0: you can, she's not coming back. Kathy's okay. done.
1: I, I'm just like, how old is this woman? I don't buy her as a college freshman. I just didn't want to look it up and be like, Kathy's all the way to season seven. No. Big, big part of the show.
0: Yeah, she's the, she's the villain of season seven.
1: Okay, should we move on? Let's do it. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile, Meanwhile
0: on Charmed. was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has ever seen.
1: But we're discussing it anyway.
0: Based only on its IMDb summaries, Stacey, what happened on Charmed?
1: Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 4, Episode 2, Charmed Again Part 2, the power of three has been destroyed. Prue is dead. But while Piper and Phoebe mourn and Cole is confronted by two demonic bounty hunters, a young girl finds herself drawn to the Hallowells. So, in the last description, it said the power of three had not been severed by Prue's death. What changed?
0: I'm guessing that Prue, because she knows she can't help as a two-dimensional cartoon character, ceded her power to, like, some other woman out there. And I'm guessing that's who this new girl is.
1: Mmm. She's like, here, you. Look at this painting. Glare into my painting eyes.
0: Yeah. And she gave her power a la... Painting power. Painting power passing. And this new woman is going to be part of the group. Maybe that's why the power was severed. And when she meets up with them, the power of the three will reemerge.
1: Because Prue passed it.
0: Yeah. And until they meet up again, the power isn't complete.
1: Yeah. This girl's like drawn to them because she's got the third power. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, And then it sounds like Cole's like, I'm going to let these bitches (laughs) more. I get six per episode. Six? Yeah. Anyway, so Cole, you know, just goes for a walk around the block. He doesn't do demon stuff anymore, supposedly, because he's a good lover to Phoebe. But then he's confronted by two demonic bounty hunters.
0: You think they're like Dog the Bounty Hunter?
1: I don't know what that guy's deal is. I, I hear his name, but I don't look up what his deal is.
0: He's a bounty hunter. Who like for dresses, real? Yeah, he's a real bounty hunter. Oh,
1: yeah, he's like looking for the Petito killer. Yeah.
0: I think that's just all like publicity. I don't think he actually has any leads on that. But
1: is bounty hunting just like a legal job you can have? hmm Really? No. He's not killing them. He's just no. Like, you,
0: you're not allowed to kill people. You could just go get them. Be yeah. Like,
1: okay. And he's good at what he does.
0: I don't know if he's good at what he does. He has a TV show.
1: I don't think this is him because this was like 20 years ago.
0: I mean, that's probably when he was like actual age someone should be when they're bounty hunting.
1: Okay. Well, then this is probably him.
0: Well, there's two of them. Yeah. He, so it's him and his wife.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he he kills her at some point. Whoa! He kills his wife. I mean, does he have a wife? Yes. Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> Why is he killing his wife? Is his wife a bounty hunter? Yes. What's her name? Cat the bounty hunter? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know nothing about this lore.
0: Okay, you tell me what happens then, (laughs) because I'm taking a backseat. No one should be killing their wife.
1: Cole's He doesn't kill his wife Cole's going for a walk Around the block He runs into Young dog The bounty hunter And his young hot wife Cat the bounty hunter And they're like Hey we're looking Into getting into Bounty hunting Is that something You want to be a part of We think we'll be Really good at it someday And he's like nah I'm on the up and up Just trying to do Regular boyfriend things See ya And they part ways
0: Yeah cause they were like oh, Are you a demon Cause we're thinking About getting into Demonic bounty hunting Specifically yes. And he's like Well I'm not a demon anymore So I don't know anything About no, that
1: no, no 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 Nothing about that for me No thank you So
0: really it's really anticlimactic because you think it's gonna be this big confrontation and it's just more just like a q a and then it ends pretty easily
1: yeah i think they probably do get into demonic bounty hunting for a couple years and yeah. then it like settles down he almost kills his wife at some point over it and they're like no we're just gonna do regular bounty hunting up and up bounty hunting
0: yeah on tv from here on out
1: and i guess this whole episode this mystery girl who's drawn to the sisters is just kind of like wandering around lost and then at the end she turns up at their front door and is like Hello? In the rain. Yeah, it's rainy for sure.
0: That's how it ends. The mm-hmm. door opens. She's like, hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of paintings like pointing the way for her. So it's kind of like a fun, Prue's like showing her the way. That's so nice. Yeah.
1: This was a good one.
0: It was a real good one. Yeah. You get to see Dog and Cat, the bounty hunters. <laughs> so this has been <laughs> Meanwhile
1: Uncharted. So then we watch Gilmore Girls. Brian, tell us about the Lorelai's first day at Yale. Much like the title, Lorelai's first day at Chilton. Lorelai wore regular clothes this time, though.
0: So this episode, like you said, and the title would suggest, is about Lorelai going to Yale, much like in the episode where she goes to Chilton, except you're right, she's dressed appropriately. And Rory goes too. Yeah, nope, it's just Lorelai. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's about her going. That's that's the whole episode. It's really not about, it's about her settling Rory there and kind of setting up like Rory's roommates and stuff.
1: It'd be funny if she just like took over Rory's life. I'm going to do my life the way I wanted it to before Rory came along.
0: So the episode starts with the girls packing for Rory's big move. Rory, for some reason, has just packed everything into trash bags. We talked about this last episode, but, like, I don't know. To me, trash bags seems like that's not how you want to show up to Yale. Like, here, I'm at Yale. Here's my trash clothes.
1: When I moved into college, there was just, like, an assembly line of, like, older students that I think volunteered for moving day just to, like, help you grab all your shit and get it into the buildings as quickly as possible. So I-, I feel like trash bags are, like, easy to carry. and Are they easy to carry? They, like, rip and stuff. If it's not that full, just sling one over your shoulder and grab a bunch. You can only carry so many boxes at once. I don't know. I don't know. It depends what's in all of these items. All
0: I know is if I see someone moving in with trash bags, I'd be like, ooh, now, I've offended half our listeners. They're all trash bag movers.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, your response wasn't clear. It might be like, ooh, who's that girl <laughs> with the trash
0: bags? Oh, yeah, dude. Sarah Michelle Geller drinking some milk with a trash bag over her shoulder. I'm putting this poster above my bed.
1: It is funny because Lorelai like, keeps taking pictures and she's like, looks like you're taking out the trash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They set up that Lorelai is just taking a million photos. You remember when we didn't have phones with cameras on them that we could just take all the time and it was like we were posing constantly for actual cameras?
1: You remember when we set up in that episode in season two that Lorelai had a camera and that never went anywhere? Oh yeah, she had a nice camera. Now she's using it. Is this that camera though? I feel like this is a different camera. I don't know. She didn't bring it to graduation for some reason.
0: I legit think this is a different camera. Anyway, Rory stops at Luke for one last Luke fix before going to Yale. There's a really sweet line here that I like a lot, where Luke offers her anything she wants on the house. Rory says, I feel important. And Luke says, you are important.
1: There's actually quite a bit of sweet Rory-Luke stuff in this episode.
0: Absolutely. And I, I don't know, I just love how much Luke loves Rory. Especially since he hates, like, everything else in the world and everybody else. But it's clear that he cares about Rory. Sometimes it manifests in dumb ways, like almost beating up a 16-year-old kid who broke up with her. That's a bit much. Uh, In this scene, we also get a very quick cameo of Caesar, literally like one second of him handing a bag to Rory. But she says, thank you, Caesar. While this is happening, Luke then sees Lorelai backing his truck up. Lorelai is borrowing his truck to drive Rory to Yale and to get her mattress and all of her junk there. And she insists that she knows how to drive a stick, but she clearly does not. She can't drive a stick, and she doesn't even know how to get out of reverse, which is insane. That's like, I get not knowing how to shift gears, but like to not know how to get out of reverse is nonsense.
1: I've never tried to drive a stick. My dad had one, but he never—he crashed it before he could teach me. He didn't want to teach me.
0: (laughs) I'd rather crash this than teach this to you.
1: He didn't crash it. Someone crashed him. (laughs) That sounds menacing. I mean, it was an accident, but it was not his fault.
0: Right. So this episode has this running joke that's supposed to be, like, cute, but it, like, legit got on my nerves a lot. And kind of ruined this episode for me, actually. It isn't cute that she's ruining Luke's transmission, the most expensive thing to fix on the car, by the way, and lying to her friend about when she'll get it back to him. Like, for real, this is supposed to be cute and quirky, but this is only something like a truly toxic person who does not care about their friend would do.
1: And he keeps saying he needs it, too. If he does or not, I don't know, but he's saying he does, and she should respect that.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't matter. She doesn't know he doesn't need it. Throughout this episode, he keeps insisting that he needs his car back at certain times, and she's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll get it back, and then just totally ignores him and does not feel bad about it.
1: They, at some point, mention that her car is out of gas, maybe it has some kind of issue that it couldn't make the trip to Yale. Yeah, they have a, she
0: later kind of justifies it, but it's like, well, maybe you should have got that looked into before you ruined Luke's car. Like, literally, she's ruining the car.
1: They maybe needed it for the mattress, like, about all the stuff went to fit in hers. You could put the mattress on the top. Of a Jeep? Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Whatever the case is, this is just not cool. Like, she should have hired movers or, like, asked Luke to drive them because he 100% would have done it.
1: And ends up doing
0: it. Yeah. But this is just something that is, like, super grossly manipulative and would honestly, like, I could end a friendship over this. If you were ruining my car and lying to me about it, like, why would I? You're not a friend. I know this seems like a lot, but, like, if we break down what she's doing in this episode with Luke's car, it's bad. It's not funny. It's it's mean.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if it was meant to be funny it really doesn't seem that way especially when you binge the show and see how many times she sort of takes advantage of him
0: yeah and occasionally luke does something similar he acts a little crazy but like it's very lopsided in lorelei's favor mm-hmm. like she takes advantage of him a lot and this is a very expensive thing she's taking advantage of him for anyway sorry for my rant it just like really ground my gears
1: <laughs> oh wow Are you okay
0: i just thought of that now it's really clever um
1: <laughs> yeah i laugh like a little tasmanian devil
0: So Luke is, like, annoyed, justifiably, with Lorelai's lying to him and driving his car, but this is all exacerbated by the fact that, like, Nicole's divorce lawyers are insisting on meeting him in person. One shows up, and he, like, tells him off. Luke doesn't understand why he, like, even needs to meet with him, because he's like, we're just getting essentially an annulment.
1: Yeah, he's like, I don't want anything from her. Just make it be done. Why aren't they getting an annulment instead of a divorce either? I guess I don't know the difference.
0: I think the writers just didn't know what an annulment was. Possibly. Yeah.
1: Is it an annulment when it's like the marriage just happened? I don't know how, I mean, how long have they been married
0: though? Like not long at all.
1: I mean, it's possible if they went on the cruise like right after graduation, they've been married a few months. Yeah, I guess. So maybe it's too late. I, I don't know. Let us know lawyer fans I mean fans of ours that are lawyers not fans of lawyers either way you might know have you ever
0: been to lawyeronlyfans.com it's my favorite (laughs) so this whole episode also revolves around him dealing with these lawyers and actually that's pretty funny this episode has some problems but like it does have a lot of funny stuff I just hate the car stuff So when Rory and Lorelai finally get to Yale, we see Rory driving her new car. Lorelai saved her a spot. Uh, And they're greeted there by Tess, Rory's freshman counselor. I guess that's like an RA. Yeah,
1: yeah, ours were called RAs. Yeah. But it's the same role.
0: Yeah, she's here to show Rory around Yale, and she's, like, super fine with Lorelai being an overly helicopter parent right now, like, taking photos of everything, including their, like, handshake. She's totally, like, actually very positive about it. She's like, they all do this, and, like, says, like, I'm handing Rory the keys now. You might want to take a photo. Lorelai even makes a joke about her being old enough to buy Rory beer, and it, like, does not phase this woman at all. Right. Tess is hurt at all. Tess notices that they have a mattress and asks if they've made arrangements to get rid of the old one. And Lorelai lies to her and to Rory saying that they did. I don't understand lying to Rory because Rory exposes that she's lying in like 45 seconds. Yeah. Like there's no way Rory's going to not find this out. So it's weird. It doesn't like make her less stressed because a minute later she's stressed again. Also, would it, like, hurt Lorelai to read any of the literature about her daughter's school? I never
1: even questioned that my mattress in college might be gross. I don't know why. I think I just didn't, I was too naive to think about what happened to college mattresses.
0: But they set up that, like, Lorelai doesn't read the mail from Yale and stuff. And Emily probably knows all this stuff. Emily would have had that mattress replaced already. Yeah. Anyway, the next few scenes really highlight the differences between Lorelai and Rory. I actually kind of like that. So, like, Lorelai is improvising as she goes. She sort of excels at that. She uses her intuition for problem solving and, like, constantly making jokes to relieve stress. While Rory is, like, the opposite. She's, like, hyper-focused and plans for everything and, consequently, is very stressed out about every single thing that deviates from her schedules and plans. I feel like Lorelai is much better with dealing with the unforeseen, but also she ends up getting herself in, like, really bad situations because she refused to do, like, even minimal planning ahead. Sure. So it's, I like the scene because it's like, oh, yeah, they are similar in some ways, but they are like big differences with strengths and weaknesses.
1: Yeah. She's also like trying to get Rory to like be in the moment and experience moving into college and not like be buried in her schedule for the afternoon.
0: Right. Which is Um, nice. She even sees that she's not appreciating the moment and like makes her re-enter her dorm for the first time. And Rory seems to appreciate that.
1: She is kind of phoning it in, I think, though. (laughs) Like she tells her mom she's doing it for her sake. Yeah. I just want to point out, Rory's room is also big, but a much more acceptable size. It's a suite, so they have like a big living room, but like the actual room that she shares with her roommate is much smaller than Buffy's.
0: We argued about that. I agree that it's smaller than Buffy's, but still big for a college room because it's shorter than Buffy's room, but wider. And there's a fucking fireplace in there. I mean, Buffy's doesn't have a fucking fireplace.
1: There's very little space in this room to add another bed, though. Like, there's the two beds. They have
0: another mattress in there. Her mom sleeps in there.
1: Yeah, but you could add another mattress in the dorm I was in, too. But, like, that's kind of it. There's not a ton of extra floor space to have a full-ass fight and iron and, like, there's, like, a sink in the room in Buffy.
0: The fireplace is in their bedroom.
1: Does it function?
0: Okay, is a decorative one seem like that's taking up less space?
1: I'm just saying. Buffy's room has a ton of wasted space. I don't know that Rory's does. The fireplace could be replaced with, like, a dresser, sure. But it's Yale. It's fancy. There's probably fireplaces in the bathroom.
0: Later, we see some tours, led by Tess and some other unnamed woman, where Tess mentions that this is a post-9-11 world, so you'll need your IDs everywhere. Unlike Buffy, where Xander could just walk into any place he wants. That is the difference. Yeah. uh, I feel like this is pretty dumb. I don't remember a bunch of terrorists, like, breaking into campuses and sneaking about. Uh, Is there a part of 9-11 I don't remember? Because I'm supposed to remember it, so. That's funny. I feel like Tess should have said something like, It's a post-school shootings are a thing now world.
1: Well, in Buffy it is, too. Yeah. They also tell them to get internet IDs, which seems like, but that almost sounds optional. Yeah, they even said like, you might think you're not going to need it or want it, but it's like, what? That that sounds so wild, the concept that you wouldn't need to use the internet.
0: It's like saying, uh, you might want to drink water. I know you guys (laughs) might not think you need water. Tess and another advisor have a moment where they sort of make fun of the freshmen a little bit, saying that they're all like little tots. And I just can't wait to see this exact same moment in a season or two from now with Rory and Paris as the freshmen counselors, because 100% we're going to see that. There's no chance. It's just too big of an offer. Hmm. I am making that prediction now. We're going to see that scene.
1: Okay.
0: Rory also gets a picture taken. This is funny because they, they warn them that, like, don't worry about your pictures. They are what they are. And she's, like, asking a question when the guy takes a photo of her. <laughs> it's like, does not care that she wasn't even looking.
1: Throughout this whole thing, Rory's, like, taking notes on everything everyone's saying. And some girls in line are kind of making fun of her. I feel like that's important because we see those girls again later.
0: Yeah. Back in her dorm, one of Rory's suite mates has arrived and is sitting silently in the common room. Rory and Lorelai, like, run into the bedroom because neither of them knows what to do or say to this woman. And they're like, is she a sweet mate? She just followed me in here. This next scene, like, all of this is all, like, very, 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 very funny. <laughs> Rory's just, like, super nervous to talk to this woman. We've set up that is better at, like, improvised moments
1: yeah like her and laurel i think it's super weird that this girl didn't introduce herself but like rory also walked right by her without yeah. saying anything
0: straight to her bedroom with her mother so they decide they're gonna like they're gonna go talk to her because they don't want to be weird rory goes up to her and introduces herself uh the sweetmate mate says hi back and then they stand there silently for a few moments and then the sweetmate mate just blurts out i'm adopted <laughs> <laughs> then rory this is what's funny to me then rory just turns to her mom and she's like you're up
1: <laughs> <laughs> i can't deal with this you're you I don't know her. how
0: to respond to this uh, Lorelai asked her name, and it's Tanya Shrek. Tana Shrek. You're right, Tana Shrek. Shrek. Tana Shrek.
1: Her last name is as important as Parker Abrams. So
0: Is it? Okay, I super mean, important.
1: I'm positive it's just as important as Parker Abrams' last name. <laughs>
0: Tanya then just starts, like, spouting out random facts, like, thieves start at the bottom dresser drawers when they're, like, going through your stuff, so they don't have to close drawers as they go. That's smart. She explains that she's, like, really bad at extemporaneous speaking, kind of like Rory, but, uh, worse. So she's just memorized a bunch of facts to fill in awkward silences. And this is also super funny. Then she says, you know, don't worry, when I get to know you better, I'll memorize a bunch of facts that are more specific to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that was all great. Tanya is... Tina is 16, by the way.
1: She's going to turn 16 on Tuesday.
0: Yeah. So she's a genius,
1: I guess? Yeah. She's uh, good at school, not so good at social.
0: That makes sense.
1: I love when Lorelai's like, do you know how vulnerable you are to venereal disease? (laughs) (laughs) Because she's been at some parent seminar.
0: Yeah. And she's like, don't touch the door. There's bacteria. So finally Lorelai and Rory start to say their goodbyes. Then Lorelai intentionally, I think, starts noticing things like a mini fridge or a rug or flowers that other students have that she thinks Rory needs.
1: I don't think it was intentional because they're like saying goodbye and they get bumped into by a guy with a mini fridge.
0: I think that Lorelai wants another excuse to come back. Sure. It doesn't have to be true, but that's what I think. So Lorelai's like, "Well, I'm gonna go get these things and come back." And then they shout "Copper boom," which is two words that Lorelai misheard this morning when they were packing, and she's turned into a phrase like "carbideum."
1: This is very popular. This is another OI with the poodles already. Copper boom. I liked copper boom. Well, good. I'm glad you like copper boom. Do you want to start saying it? No. Okay. Copper boom. No, not into it. Copper boom. Copper boom. At
0: Luke's, three lawyers have shown up. Uh, They all think Luke is, like, playing hardball and that he wants something out of this divorce, and they refuse to believe him when he, like, denies it. This is also very funny because two of them are named Stein, and there's this, like, really funny interactions. Like, one guy says what kind of man he is. He's like, I'm a skeptical man. I'm a good man. I'm a thinking man. And he's like, how many of those men are named Stein? (laughs) And at some point after his, like, repeated denials that he wants anything, they're like, we're going to need to bring in more lawyers. That's all funny. During this discussion, Lorelai, like, comes in and sort of watches him talking to the lawyers. And he turns to her and says, like, these lawyers are multiplying like in The Matrix, which is a reference to the second Matrix movie, which is a film that I just don't feel like Luke would have gone to see.
1: Oh, Wow. That's for sure only in the second one?
0: Yeah, but the third one too. But I mean, I don't think he skipped the second one and went to the third one. I'm just trying to figure out
1: when they came out.
0: I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't have come out. I just don't think he would have seen it. I just, I don't see Luke as a big sci-fi guy.
1: They came out in 2003. That's when this episode is. Right,
0: so he would have gone to the theaters to see it, which I don't think he would have done.
1: Yeah, I I think you're right. Anyway, it
0: doesn't matter. I guess maybe he saw a preview on TV.
1: Maybe he's just trying to relate to Lorelai about movies and stuff.
0: Yeah, sure. Luke does finally admit he wants something, and it's his time back, because he accidentally saw the same shitty act three times on the cruise. It was a good old Luke rant. You get these once in a while. I thought this scene was very funny, and then I absolutely hated the next scene.
1: I liked when Lorelai was his character witness. Yeah. She's like, no, he's like a total hermit. He doesn't want anything. When I think of Luke, I think of nothing. Yeah. It was also funny when the lawyers were like, is she a lawyer? He's like, no, she's carbon-based. Yeah. You hate the next scene where he steps aside and talks to Lorelai?
0: Yeah, Lorelei takes Luke outside where the car is still running.
1: She did get it back before four.
0: She couldn't figure out how to get the keys out of the ignition. He's like, you just need to jiggle them, which she didn't even try. Is Lorelai like a bimbo suddenly? Like, how do you not know how to take the keys out of a car? I know he says you got to jiggle it, and he's like, it's common knowledge. But forget that. Let's just say, fine, it's the car's fault, okay? The keys couldn't come out. She's in the diner for a little while before she mentions. She never mentions that the car is running. Someone could easily steal that car right now. And you're eating gas up. Not to mention, she couldn't figure out the gear shaft. Like, she couldn't figure out how to get out of reverse. I'm not confident she knows how to put it into park. No. Like, it's just shitty that she just left it running outside. Especially when, apparently, there's a car thief in this neighborhood.
1: Oh, yeah. We never dealt with that. Where's Jess's car? Are we ever going to address that?
0: Because it was sort of implied that maybe Luke stole it, but then we never address it again.
1: I think it does get addressed. Okay. At least the fact that the car still exists.
0: I mean, she's just like a bimbo in this episode. Earlier, when she can't figure out how the gear shift works, he draws like a little map for her. And then she comes in. She's like, nothing's where it's supposed to be. And he like turns it upside down. Like she wouldn't think to do that. Like the D would be backwards. It's just, it's just very frustrating. And and again, I know it's supposed to be cute, but it really bothered me. Then she tries to pressure Luke into storing Rory's mattress for her, even though she has a giant, empty garage at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, Lane's band practices in there, but I don't think the mattress is going to ruin that. Are they still practicing in there? Uh, where else would they be practicing? We don't know where Lane is. Lane I, might I be was missing. I I
0: thought she went to college somewhere.
1: Uh, yeah, supposedly. We haven't seen her. So I just think it's
0: pretty silly that she wouldn't put it in her own garage, and she's trying to pawn it off on Luke, who doesn't want it. Again, super manipulative, bad friend stuff. Okay, back at Yale, Tana tells Rory that another sweet man has arrived, someone with a name like a city, like Athens or something. It's Paris! I mean, who did not see this coming?
1: When did you see it coming?
0: The end of season three. Like, I just assumed they would go to college together and be roommates.
1: You thought they'd be roommates? Yeah, for sure. What? You referenced this before, but apparently Paris' dad made a call so that her and Rory could be roommates.
0: Yes, Geller made a call.
1: Yeah, it was weird that they didn't say where Paris was going. And I can't remember what I thought. I viewed this all out of order in the first place, so I don't really know.
0: We've invested way too much time into Paris' character not to continue with her.
1: And that's what she says.
0: <laughs> Is that what she says?
1: Well, yes, her life coach, Terence, explains that he didn't think her and Rory's life journey was over yet.
0: Yes, Paris has brought her life coach. Paris explains that she needed a life coach, Terrence, because she lost her nanny over the summer. <laughs> That was also very funny because uh, her nanny moved you th- and opened a pizzeria somewhere else. You
1: think she's dead briefly.
0: Right. And then Paris explains that her rabbi confirmed with her therapist who thought a hypnotist that he knew thought a life coach would be good for her. Uh, And this life coach will help her with everything, including finding a kick-ass gynecologist. That's very funny. (laughs) Yeah, just a kick-ass gynecologist. Yeah,
1: because Paris' male life coach knows all the best gynecologists in New Haven, I'm sure.
0: Well, not necessarily best, just (laughs) kick-ass. All the interactions here are very funny. He gives her advice like fish can choose not to bite Paris when she's yelling at Tana for just asking where the couch should go.
1: That's a very funny bit. It's
0: so funny. She's like, she was baiting me, Terrence. (laughs) Paris has not changed at all, except maybe she's like more into hugs now than she used to be.
1: Yeah, apparently Terrence has told Paris that her and Lorelei's life journey isn't complete yet either. That's interesting that they hug. You, you made a big deal out of them not wanting to hug last season.
0: Um, she has a lot of fun interactions with Tana throughout this whole episode. Like, having adopted parents sounds fun to Paris. She's like, yeah, if you don't like your adopted parents, you just dump them and go back to your original. Mm-hmm. It's funny, too, because there's a, Paris like mentions some stuff like, you know, I used to be annoyed by stuff like what Tana's doing right now, but since I can't change that, I'm letting it go. And it mirrors a lot what's happening in Buffy about like dealing with tough roommates.
1: Sure. But when she says that she like goes into mean Paris, Oh
0: yeah, for like a half a second, yeah.
1: And like, actually, probably makes Donna feel bad.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, makes her feel shitty. And then kind of smiles at the end, like,
1: but now I'm fine. So Paris is growing.
0: Yeah, she's got a craft corner now. Whatever the hell that's about. When Luke and Lorelai finally show up, Tess notices the Yale mattress in the back of the truck, and this is also funny. Luke is like, "Oh, we were just uh, driving it about around New Haven a bit. We're we're gonna take it back in," and Tess is just like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> Luke looks so uncomfortable after like Tess stares at him for a while. I know <laughs> he like yells to Lorelai like, "What are we gonna do with the mattress?" And then when he says that, Tess like looks at him again, and he's all like, uh, uh. <laughs> "He doesn't say, uh, uh. but he definitely has a face like uh, uh. one more time." Uh, uh. All of this is hilarious. He ends up bringing the Matrix back into the, I tried to say mattress, but Matrix came in. So maybe he did have a copy of the Matrix mm-hmm.
1: with him. Mm-hmm. Keeps trying to sneak it in.
0: He brings the mattress and the Matrix back into the door room. Uh, and he's like, I'm not taking it back. Good for him. Stand your ground. You don't deserve this mattress. Uh, he's funny because Lorelai's like, well, just put it back in the truck. He's like, I can't. I had a guy named Chip help me. And now I got to go help Chip. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love it. He's just like made a whole deal with this guy named Chip. He's got to help move.
0: Yeah. When Luke drives Lorelai back, he's complaining about Chip. I thought that was also very funny. Yeah. He's like, oh, and Chip's always falls back on his same excuse. I'm losing my grip.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's using very, like, young language. Like, he's saying like a lot. Mm-hmm. And Lorelai kind of calls him on it. She's <laughs> like, can you, like, stop talking about Chip? Like, how about?
0: Uh, but then she gets a page from, remember, pagers? She gets a page from Rory that says, come back! Exclamation point. So Lorelai somehow convinces Luke to let her take his truck again which I just I mean he loves her she says it
1: would take too long to walk back to hers it's not far they walk to Luke's all the time
0: yeah Luke should just be like no go to your own car she'll be fine
1: she is the car Yeah, Rory can wait the 10 minutes it takes to walk or whatever.
0: And to get, well, she also says that it needs gas and that it's making a funny sound. I'm like, well, I'm sure Luke's trunk is making a funny sound after you destroyed its transmission.
1: To be fair, Rory does not move from the time Lorelei leaves to when Lorelai comes back. <laughs> She's yeah. just sitting sadly on her bed, so maybe she needed her badly.
0: Apparently, Rory is freaking out because she's already homesick and wants her mom, and she's just super overwhelmed by everything. And she's also, like, mad at herself for being such a mama's girl. She's like, other people don't need their mom. And Lorelai's like, yes, they do. Well, I mean, I'm a bad example, which is funny.
1: Lorelai, not Brian. Yes. Yes.
0: Rory asks Lorelai if she could spend the night, which I'm sure was, like, Lorelai's dream situation. She's like, yeah, I'll spend the night.
1: But Rory also, like, realizes this is insane, that yeah. she's, like, asking her mom to stay and hang out. Right. I can't imagine wanting my mom to hang out at college. Mm-hmm. Or like any of the moms of the roommates I had. But then I think about the fact that Lorelai is exactly my age at this point in the show. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, it wouldn't be so weird, I guess, if the mom was someone young and cool like me. I know that's me trying to make myself feel better about being the age that I am. But Lorelai is a lot younger than most moms. So it might not actually be as weird as it seems. Right. Like my niece is exactly Rory's age. I like to think she wouldn't be too embarrassed to hang out with me at her college.
0: Also, I don't know that Rory is like even thinking about the social aspect of it.
1: But, like, the other people might be judging her. But maybe she's not even thinking about that. That's what I'm saying. But also the the other students might not think it's that weird since Lorelai is, like, cool. Like, in that episode in season one where they go to the concert, Madeline and Louise are like, wow, your mom's so cool. So maybe she's just young enough that people don't think it's too weird. Right. I kind of feel like Lorelai should just be like, no, girl, you got to do it, though.
0: I agree with you, but I also think that Lorelai just is reveling in this a little bit. Yeah. Not in a bad way where like, oh my God, it's just like she doesn't mind that her daughter needs her because she needs her daughter so bad.
1: Rory's also like doubting going to Yale. She like says that her grandparents manipulated her. That was interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think she's just freaking out about every single thing in her life. That's sort of how she is. But Lorelai has a plan because she's so good with rolling with the punches. She decides they're going to order a ton of food from all the nearby delivery places to judge how good the food is, how long it takes to go, and also, I guess, how cute the delivery drivers are. They're doing this to know where they want to get food from in the future. Now, at first, it seems like they're kind of getting a lot of food, but we get the gist of the plan when Lorelai orders, like, ten pizzas. And when she's bringing them inside, she makes an announcement to everyone on the floor, like, hey, there's, like, free food in this dorm if you want to check it out. And that's a hit. Like, soon there's a full-fledged party going on, and all the other girls from the dorm are there.
1: That girl that was mean to Rory is, that thinks this is very fun and cool.
0: Yeah, and they're all part of this game of, like, rating the different delivery guys. I and mean, that's kind of fun. They're like, can you stand here for one second? And then they, like, rate him from the window.
1: They're listening to um, Fountains of Wayne at the party. I recognize the song.
0: Over and over again. <laughs> Afterwards, the extra mattress comes in handy. Lorelai stays the night, again, breaking her promise to Luke about getting his truck back.
1: We find out later she did call him, though, but still.
0: It still breaks your promise. Yeah. Uh, and then right before they go to bed, they start howling at the moon because some other boys are doing it. That seemed kind of fun.
1: Paris is on the phone with Jamie, who seems, like, concerned about her relationship with Terrence?
0: And it's also sort of implied that Paris is, like, kind of insinuating or l- at least letting Jamie feel like Terrence could be an issue to, like, have him be jealous or something. She's like, I'm not going to let him meet Terrence. Terrence? Terrence. Terrence? Terrence? Terence. The next day, Lorelai drops off the truck with the mattress, which again, is just like, God, why are you so mean to Luke? Like, he's your friend. Anyway.
1: I guess Luke, though, told her to drop it off later than he actually needed it because he knew she'd bring it back late.
0: Yeah. And I think that's supposed to let us be like, okay, so it's not that bad for Luke. But like, it doesn't matter. It's the thought.
1: Lorelai also, it like says to Luke that she knows she's been a big burden.
0: That's before she reveals that she's leaving the mattress with him.
1: And that his spare tire is probably a craft of Paris's now. Yeah. And I don't
0: know, just being like, oh, I'm sorry, I know I've been a little crazy, doesn't, like, make up for it, honestly. I know. I know people are probably like, why are you bothered with it, Brian? It was funny. But I don't know. It's just like, that's just not how you treat a friend.
1: No, it's not nice. But again, Rory was like, tell Luke I say thank you. And Lorelai's like, Luke, Rory says thank you. And Luke seems, like, super happy that Rory's happy.
0: Yeah, and when he drops off the mattress, he's, like, excited to see Rory, too. mm hmm mm-hmm. The next day at college, Rory runs into some classmates, the ones that earlier were sort of making fun of her for taking so many notes, uh, and they've all coined a new phrase for finding good food as Laura lying. And they're like, oh, we found this coffee at this place, and Rory knows it because her mom had found it the day before. And they're like, you beat us to it. So it's like this, oh, the plan worked kind of situation.
1: Yeah.
0: We're I- socialized now.
1: Everywhere there was coffee on my campus, it was the same coffee. Like, they, they bought a roast and they sold it. <laughs> I mean, it was
0: different on my canvas. It was? Yeah. Yeah. At home, the episode ends with Lorelei taking in her now Rory-less empty house. Probably plenty of places to put that fucking mattress.
1: Yeah. You can tell she's like, what is my life now? Yeah. And we don't know.
0: Yeah. Use that mattress at your new hotel. Ew. Stacy. I'm curious. Do you think this is a good episode of Gilmore Girls?
1: It's really... Uh, I mean, yes... Yes, but the Lorelai taking advantage of Luke's stuff is very distracting. Luke's got his own kind of fun thing going on, so it's but we just like feel bad for Luke a lot of the episode. But it's very funny. And I do think while it cost her way too much money to buy all that food, it seems unrealistic. It's very sweet, what she did. Yeah. To make Rory's living situation set up as well as possible to succeed now that she's gone. Like, she's trying to make Rory feel comfortable. Yeah. And like, you can do the takeout life here too, Rory. You're all set up. Like, that's very sweet. Yeah. And it's funny. It's very funny. But yeah, the, the Luke part of it was, was distracting. Um, but I, I will say it was probably it was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the best. Better than last week.
0: I feel like you have changed your opinion on this. I feel like you thought it was a not a good episode.
1: I think I thought it would be a better episode because I think people like this episode. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed when I wasn't enjoying some of the scenes.
0: Watching this episode, okay, so I've spent a lot of time ranting about the Luke stuff, so I'm I'm done talking about that. If we take that part out of the episode, I think this episode's very funny. I think it's, like, legit got a lot of really clever, fun, quick jokes Mm -hmm. that also aren't just a bunch of, like, references to movies, even though there's the weird Matrix reference that doesn't really make sense. I mean, the reference makes sense. I just don't feel like Luke would make that joke. But I think this just had a lot of good laughs in it, so I would say this is a good episode. Except for the Luke stuff, which really drags it down for me a lot.
1: I guess in the long run, he was, like, happy to help.
0: Yeah, I think they sort of balance it out by being like, but he loves Rory so much that this is okay. So it's tough for me. I don't know
1: couple things I wanted to point out that we didn't talk about. In the beginning, they're arguing about like the celebrity that Lorelai's is going to Photoshop into a photo with Rory. Mm-hmm. And Rory picks a dead one and Lorelai is like, you can't. And then they're arguing about whether or not these two celebrities are alive or dead. Yeah. They are both dead now. Both of them were alive at this time. <laughs> it's Pat Summerall and Lady Bird Johnson. They both died after this. So they were both wrong. Oh, wow. I also wanted to say, it's crazy that Rory's dorm doesn't come with a mini fridge. Especially for being like a suite. You'd think it would come with a real fridge. Is there a kitchen in there though? No, but my dorm was tiny and it came with a fridge and a microwave. Hmm. Maybe they don't all. I I, I don't know. That's definitely something you'd want to have for sure. Mm -hmm. Just to have like milk.
0: Yeah, or like your roommate's milk.
1: I mostly ate in the cafeteria, but I I would make like ramen or whatever on the weekends and it's nice to have a microwave. Yeah, mostly I just thought it would be a better episode. And I, I knew there was the stuff with, like, the back and forth with the mattress, but I didn't really remember the extent to which Lorelai's just, like, really being rude to Luke. Which one do you think was better?
0: I think Gilmore was better.
1: I'm still very torn. I, I think Gilmore was funnier, and I think Lorelai's intention to set up Rory for the best life possible without Mommy was very sweet. And the Luke stuff was sweet. But there's something to be said about, like, the the stylistic choices in Buffy, like mm-hmm. you kind of talked about. Like, that was fun. yeah. But I think the, the monster story in Buffy is really loose. Like, what what is this woman doing here? Wh- right. Why is she in college?
0: I mean, that's how I feel about Paris <laughs> <Tana>.
1: <laughs> Another thing I didn't love about Buffy was how Xander was just kind of there. Like, all he did in this episode really was badly tie up Buffy, and then him and Oz go to help her, but it's too late. The demon problem's already over, and there isn't even a line about it. I just thought they could have found more meaningful things for him to do in this episode, especially since they kind of set up in the cafeteria scene that he was super eager to do some, like, Scooby stuff.
0: He was a big part of the last episode, though.
1: Yes, yes, in in getting Buffy to realize herself.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know that he needs to be, like, front and center every episode.
1: No, it was just, it was weird that him and Oz showed up and then did nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's happened before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, but then they made a joke about it. It was, like, a all a big build up to nothing. Right. I think I'm gonna go Gilmore, just because I didn't really love Buffy. And there's, a, I think, more redeeming stuff about Gilmore, even though it's wasn't as good as I thought. And Buffy just wasn't good enough to win me over.
0: I was leaning Buffy, and then I rewatched some of these scenes, and I was like, if I can take away my disgust for how she's treating Luke, a lot of these scenes are very funny. And that's what did it for me. It's just like the Luke thing really bothered me, but like that's just one aspect of the episode.
1: Yeah. And Buffy had some funny jokes. Yeah. I liked the Oz stuff. Oz had all good lines. The mime joke was really funny. There was some funny stuff with Giles, always. It's trash time, by the way.
0: If you can't hear the bottles.
1: I think I'm going to go, Gilmore. Okay. Baco agrees. If you want to watch along next week, we will be watching Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 3, The Hobbit, The Sofa, and Digger Styles.
0: As well as Buffet the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 3, The Harsh Light of Day, big episode.
1: In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Like, how exactly was your phone bill broken down?
0: How big was your dorm room?
1: Was your mattress gross?
0: Did the Luke stuff bother you, or did you think it was just, like, quirky funny?
1: Do you iron your jeans?
0: Is flossing in bed or the couch weird?
1: Tell us your roommate horror stories. It's weird how these episodes were similar-ish again. Yeah. Dealing with nasty roommates. We got people borrowing and ruining things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
1: But yeah, let us know what you think. The trash is so loud. We're just, we're almost done. We're not going to pause. We're just going to work through this.
0: Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind the scenes
1: content. And for more bonus content, you can subscribe to our Patreon page, where we post weekly reviews of the show Angel, host monthly live stream watch parties, and share other bonus content. And let's take a minute to give a shout out to all of our Patreon subscribers so far. There's a bunch of them. Thank you, too. Kathleen Monroe, Donna Anderson, Kelly Rutifers, Missy J, KJ, Aaron Cassidy Hendrick, Angela Smith, Sarah Q, Farramore, Aaron Perry, Matt Dana, Elizabeth Ramundo, Amy Aguirre, Maggie Katie, Perry Irwin, Lindy Steiner, Kelsey, Rhiannon, Samantha Brown, Sheila McCrea, Katie Harbor, Lyra Granger, Luis Ernesto, Vianna Castillo, Catherine Ragsdale, Rachel McLucas, Leah F., Jennifer Montes, Rachel, and Sarah Chioda. Yes,
0: yeah, thank you guys so much for subscribing. We appreciate that you guys are supporting us so we can keep doing this. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to support our podcast, you can do so by subscribing to our Patreon or by taking advantage of our wine partnership with wink.com or by making a one time donation. All of these options are linked in the episode description and on our social media bios.
1: You can also support us by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing your feedback, and it really helps us get discovered by even more Buffy and Gilmore fans.
0: And if you leave a review, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast.
1: For even more comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an E-Y.
0: That's right. We also make comedy sketches, play board games, and review movies in a similar style to our podcast. For all that and more, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy.
1: If social media is not your thing, you can send us an email at brianandstaceyreviews at gmail.com. Copper boom!
0: Copper boom! Be the Gilmore slave.